Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. It's hanging. It's hanging. Uh, I'm a little pissed off at the Rangers game. Um, yeah, yeah. I would like to say, just so we know, we just we just went live on YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, and the Sako Media app on MixLR. So uh, just everyone out there, uh, check us out. Hit us up with comments. If you have any comments on YouTube or Twitter, uh, you know, hit us up. We have actually got a question that came in today yeah, on Twitter. I saw that. So, I saw that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. we'll definitely uh, get to it. But I guess to throw it out there to everybody, basically, this is the MLB Hall of Fame roundtable discussion as the ballots are starting to filter in to probably, you know, I think this guy doesn't get enough credit, at least on any other level other than on social media, it seems like. But if you go on Twitter, his name on Twitter is not Mr. Tibbs. It's Ryan Thibodeau who is the guy that's in charge that he has pretty much people sending their ballots, whoever makes them public. And he puts them into this incredible spreadsheet that I'm sure we're all going to be looking at at some point here tonight and basically keeps track of the votes that come in. And they really do project where guys are going to finish within the hall of fame balloting. Of course, the hall of fame ballots are actually due in two days from all the writers that are out there. And just so everybody needs to know here, there's about 397 registered baseball writers that are people that partake in the voting for the Hall of Fame. That number obviously needs to be adjusted a little bit as they're projecting 392. Unfortunately, there were some uh, writers who passed away this year that uh, obviously will, will not have a vote, as mean as that might sound. Um and it's just incredible at what this guy does. So basically, this is just going to be the roundtable talk amongst the fellas here. We are also going to have a first-time voter joining us at 1030. It is going to be Bill Evans of New Jersey Advanced Media. He casted his first-ever vote as a BBWAA writer. So that's going to be exciting to get his take on things. And it's really interesting because I'm sure 
the four of us, along with some of these voters, and, and of course, we'll get into this whole conversation of where everybody is with when it comes to PED users. Um, should they be in? Of course, we've seen already two blank ballots come in. Uh, so it's really interesting. I think, guys, before we really get into it, I just kind of want to lay it out there for everybody. I pulled up the voting rules and what the eligibility is, and I think probably the one line in this whole eligibility is is pretty comical considering what we're going to talk about. And then, of course, we'll talk about the guys that are on the ballot. There are a few guys that are in their last year of the ballot. Of course, a few years back, it was changed that instead of 15 years, you're only allowed to be on there for 10 years before it goes to the uh, Veterans Committee after you're knocked off the main ballot. So real interesting. So real quick, just the names that are going to be throwing out there that are on this ballot as of right now. Um in their final years, well, we got the PED guys, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa. Those are the guys that are in their 10th and final year on the ballot. Other names on this ballot, you have Bobby Abreu in his third year, Mark Burley in his second year, Todd Helton in his fourth year, Tim Hudson in his second year, Torrey Hunter in his second year, Andrew Jones in his fifth year, Jeff Kent in his ninth year, Andy Pettit in his fourth Manny Ramirez in his sixth, Scott Rowland in his fifth, Gary Sheffield in his eighth, Omar Vizquel in his fifth, Billy Wagner in his seventh, and then you have the first-time guys that are making the ballot for the first time this year, Tim Lincecum, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbon, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, and Mark Teixeira. And before we get into it, guys, I mean, you look at the names on this ballot, uh, it's... It's exactly what we expected. I mean, obviously, when you look at these names and I'm sure all the thoughts that have been thrown out there about each of these guys. But, um, you know, let's take a look at the guys that are in their final years in the ballot. I mean, this is make or break for them, right? Uh, you're a little you're a little muted there. It, it's definitely make or break. Yeah, I was muted. Sorry, I was taking a sip of uh, high noon. No free plugs. Um, I, I, I think the the. The final year and the PED is going to be the issue, and I have a real problem with that. And I would love—I know um, the guy we're bringing on tonight uh, is a non-PED voter, but at a certain point, um, when are you going to call enough enough? The MLB allowed it. Bud Selig knew it was going on. I mean, the coaches, everybody in the locker rooms knew it was going on. If you're going to tell me that. They're okay with, after the lockout, that the whole Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire bringing baseball back to the TVs and making them billions of dollars as, as an organization. It's okay for PEDs then, but when they say enough is enough, then all of a sudden it's cheating. And I'm absolutely disgusted by people that will continuously use the cop-out, the purity of the game. The game was never pure. Let's call it what it is. Back in Mickey Mantle's era, they were using freaking, uh, what's it called? Um, Greenies, amphetamine. Yeah, amphetamines. They're using amphetamines. I mean, you had guys drinking in the dugout, in the locker room between innings. I mean, you're going to tell me alcohol doesn't loosen you up before an at-bat? I know I play better golf when I'm drinking on the course. I play better baseball when I was drunk. Dude, they, 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 they did a sports science on uh, – I'm using golfing as an example because they actually did a sports science on drinking and golfing, and most pros got better when they had a couple pops in them because it makes you looser. So – you, you can't draw a line saying, all right, these guys were known steroid users when half of them never, ever tested positive in their career. It's all hearsay. 
So at the same point, if you're going to allow Houston Astros to actually maintain that World Series ring, if you're going to allow the next year the Red Sox to maintain that World Series ring when we know they both fucking cheated, I, it, it, you got to call a spade a spade. It's bullshit. You can't exclude guys because you want to keep the, the integrity of the game, but at the same time, oh, hey, we're not going to uh, uh, screw any players over and suspend anybody for knowing what pitch is coming. If you're going to sit there and tell me as a professional athlete that steroids makes you a better player versus sitting at the plate and knowing a fucking fastball is coming down the middle, you're full of shit. Okay, because any any one of us right now that has ever had a little bit of athletics, if you're standing at the plate and you know a fastball is coming, there's a chance you're going to fucking make contact. Okay, and now multiply that by an athlete, a friggin' full-on all-star athlete knowing a fastball is coming. It's not breaking. You know that where that ball's starting. You're guessing where it's going, and you're swinging for the fences. It's bullshit. I'm, I'm tired of it. I uh, so glad my, I, I did thought- this. My my thoughts about the baseball Hall of Fame are, are mixed. I like I've gone to the Hall of Fame. T you you and I have taken a trip to the uh, Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Me, you uh, and my pops. And, yeah, and uh, my my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm I'm kind of like there's an episode of uh of Blue Mountain State where they're questioning the NCAA rules, and the quarterback Alex Moran goes down a rabbit hole of well, who put the NCAA in charge. And then he finds out that the NCAA was never actually put in charge by anybody. And they just came in one day and decided that they were in charge. And I, I'm my mind is kind of going that way toward the Baseball Hall of Fame because it is not the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. It is basically the Baseball Writers of America, uh, Association of America's Hall of Fame. And maybe we need to take it away from them because who gave them the right to decide who d- deserves to be there? Like I didn't vote for that. And I can guarantee you nobody back in 19... 19- 40 whatever when they first started the damn thing voted for them to have a say and in, in who's a great baseball player and who's not a great baseball player a group of people that never played the game at a professional level decided who were the greatest baseball players were and and it's really quite ridiculous um and i it, in my head i'm trying to figure out who gave you what gave you what gives you the right who do you think you are what gives you the right that, that's what i'm thinking of right now i feel like michael when toby michael quits Scott. the office and he's just like I just got a couple of questions for you. Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? And I, I, I think it's a fair question. I could see like in the WWF Hall of Fame, Vince McMahon decides who goes in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because he owns the WWF or WWE rather. But who gave these people the right to decide who belongs in? Like I really want to know. They are not. They are not. They are not a jurisdiction of, of baseball by any stretch of the imagination. So what gives them the right? I just don't get I, it. I think the end all be all is the fact that Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame and he didn't he never screwed over the fans. He didn't cheat. He broke a rule set forth by the MLB. And I understand that rule and I understand the type of guy Pete Rose was and the continual fucking bullshit that he laid out for the MLB. But at the end of the day, when you're breaking down the greatest players of all time, Pete Rose is a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer. And because the MLB decided you broke a rule and we're never letting you in baseball ever again. I, I, I have a problem with that because you can't – his stats on the field don't dictate what he did after the fact, okay? You want to arrest him. Listen, I got a problem with the fact that they gave him the opportunity to wipe, to clean his I'm hands, not, say, hey, we'll let you in, just tell us the truth, and he lied to them three times. And I don't understand that. commercials about how he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, it's a joke. I understand uh, that, Nick, but if you're talking about the game, purely <laughs> for the game, 
the guy that stacked up the most fucking hits in the MLB and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Kiss my he ass. What he did after he played doesn't matter. What he did after he played doesn't fucking matter. Let Rook speak here. Let, no, he's hear out. His, his computer's all fucked up. I got I to hear his take on this. <laughs> so, I don't think he heard any of us. His speakers don't work. All right. It's working now, though. So fuck you guys. Um. Anyway, so here we go. This is my thing when it comes to Hall of Fame. Is if you're going to be against steroids, at least be against steroids across the board. Don't pick and choose, guys. PEDs. Right? PEDs. I'm sorry. PEDs. Performance and drugs. Alleged, alleged use. Use. Whatever it is. I, if you're going to be across the board, be across the board. And I'm going to call two people out because I'm looking at this, this Hall of Fame tracker that you sent me, Joe. And this Ian Harrison and David Huff. I got a problem with you guys. You both voted for David Ortiz in the first ballot, but you don't vote for Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds. If it's going to be okay for David or, or a rod or a rod, if it's okay for, well, let me see what that, I actually don't know if they voted. I don't think they did vote for a rod. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't vote for a rod. And it's, you know, if you're going to vote for one guy who's allegedly used PEDs, who's in the report, just like the rest of these guys are granted, a rod had the suspension bonds. Once again, is alleged in the report Clemens allegedly in the report. But if you're going to, I vote just want to point out real quick before you keep going, a rod had the suspension. Because A-Rod didn't get suspended for failing a test. He got suspended for going to a doctor who was dealing steroids to other people that got caught doing steroids. Okay. He also admitted He also admitted that he did it. Yeah, He didn't have to. He could have sat my, there and sued the whole world point. and said, fuck you all. I'm, I'm running away with this. Nick, I don't cut you off. <laughs> you're not Wait, powerful let me enough. Here's my point. If you're going to do it once, you're going to have to do it for everybody. David Ortiz is an alleged PED user. He's in that list of, of guys. Just because he's nice to the media, which is the the baseball writers of America, this association, just because he's nice to you doesn't mean that he gets in first ballot Hall of Fame. Jeff Kent is just as good as a ball player, and he hated the media. Was he's better the media? He's better, and he's not in. Okay, so if you're gonna, if you can't just do it to the guys who are nice, oh, this guy's nice to us. Well, yeah. the guys who are nice to yeah. you, you know, nice to you. You know, it's it's really interesting. Is that I'm actually in agreement with Rook here because. Um, I'm of the mindset of I personally don't believe anybody that used performance enhancing drugs should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's where TJ and I are going to disagree on, especially after his rant before. Um, and I also don't think but and this is where the hypocrisy of these writers come in. And this is where it kind of ties into what Rook is saying. Like if you're going to be across the board and not vote, you know, if you're going to vote for David Ortiz, which in my opinion, then David Ortiz doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. And right now he's trending. His numbers are trending that he's going to get in, but he might just barely make it in. He's okay, a DH. So my whole thing is, is that I don't believe uh, I'm a traditional baseball fan when it comes down to this. I don't think Bud Selig should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the one that turned a blind eye to it. And that's where the hypocrisy is going to start. They allowed him to come in. So now you have these writers who, again, we'll get into it because me personally – there's too many damn writers that are able to vote in this whole process, okay? I like it when there's a committee, when there's a smaller committee. I think the Veterans Committee is like 12 people. I believe the Football Hall of Fame Voting uh, Committee is a small committee, okay? You're right, and, and this is where it also goes into what Nick was saying, that like what gives all these guys the right, you know? So my whole thing is I'm a traditional baseball fan. I don't believe anybody that used performance-enhancing drugs deserves to be in it. That includes A-Rod. That includes some of the people that might be in this Hall of Fame already, a.k.a., sorry to say it, Mike Piazza. He was allegedly in one of these reports as well. 
you know, th there's so many different guys, and this is where the hypocrisy comes in, and that's why I'm going to be real curious to see what our guest, Bill Evans, talks about here because, you know, he is a first-time voter. I'm curious as to where he's getting – where he's coming from because you have a lot of these newer writers who are, you know, amongst this generation who kind of is like, ah, you know, let them in and stuff like that. You know, with PDs, they they – they did their punishment and stuff like that. You know, maybe now with Bonds and Clemens in their 10th year of eligibility, maybe we'll just finally get them in because also the ballot has kind of opened itself up for them. If you go back to the last couple of years, the ballot has been crowded. You know, voters also went from voting from 15 guys down to 10 guys. So there's so many uh, different things that are going into it. But me personally, I'm in the, in the same boat with – uh, Ant, in regards to at least if you're going to be hypocritical, at least be a hypocritical across the board. Don't vote for David Ortiz, but you're not going to vote for Barry Bonds and Clemens. I don't exactly. think any of those guys should be in there whatsoever, but you can't say you're going to put one in. And then I think I've seen a couple of ballots, and I know we'll get through it, where it's mind-boggling that they have Bonds, Clemens, and Ortiz, but don't have A-Rod. Yes, I saw that. Well, that well this, this is this yeah, is A Rod's first year. A Rod's this first is year. Yeah. A Rod's first year. That 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 you also got to take into consideration. They do stupid stuff like that. I know there there are there are voters that are like, stupid oh, shit. let me vote for these ten so I can kind of get them out of the way type of thing. It's no, there are also guys that are like, well, I can't get. He can't be unanimous. He can't get more of a vote than the other guy. Even though I is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, not to not this year though because he can't be better than the other guy. That's impossible. Let me tell you something. This is how I always looked at it. Barry Bonds, A-Rod, they're Hall of Famers by numbers alone. They're Hall of Famers by numbers alone. The numbers don't lie. But, you know, when you have the steroids cloud around you, it just – it's just – that's what's going to happen. So that's well, where I want to – Real yeah. quick, again, I, I have a couple problems with the whole steroid uh, era. One, just because – you, you didn't fail a test doesn't mean that you weren't on, on the juice. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys that they lift lightweights, right? They don't go heavy. They lift light. Like Roger Clemens doesn't look like a steroid abuser. He looked like a fat guy. That's what he looked like. I wouldn't think anybody was sitting there watching Roger Clemens in the end of his career going, oh, this guy's on the juice. Look how jacked he is. He really wasn't. You want to say Bonds? Yes, Bonds was gigantic at the end of his career. A-Rod, again, if you saw A-Rod without a shirt on when he was 35, he kind of just like a dad bod walking down the beach with Kate Hudson or whoever he was dating at the time. So uh, A-Rod, honestly, never failed a drug test, at least not one that David Ortiz didn't also fail. I'm, because David Ortiz is on the same report. Dude, what about Andy Pettit? Andy Pettit gets prescribed something during his recovery that he didn't realize he couldn't take. And then now all of a sudden he's a steroid abuser as if he's sitting well, there shooting up HGH and trying so to get home runs. Here's, here's my other problem with the whole situation is in the cases of Bonds, Pettit, and Clemens, their uh, accusations of taking performance-enhancing drugs come from criminals, people that were going to jail, and the federal government put them in a room and were like, give us some names or it's going to be worse. And they were like, they fine. They would have sold out their mom if it would have got them out of jail that day. Rook, let me ask you, in a, in a court uh, situation, can you trust the word of a criminal? Is that is that admissible in court, the word of a criminal? Only if he's talking about another criminal. Well, think about it depends the situation to be honest with you i mean you're allowed to use so 
if you have a criminal who's testifying um, and they've been convicted, um, you could use that to impeach their, uh, their credibility, but whether or not the testimony is truthful. So, I mean, obviously these guys never came to the level of going to actually testify at court. They testified at probably the federal hearing and congressional hearing, which are a little bit different rules. So I can't get into that. But I mean, if someone comes in who we who is a convicted known felon uh, and there is a record of them being convicted and it's not expunged at that point and they're coming to give testimony of all of this, this and that, then, yeah, you're allowed to use their history as long as it's been 10 years of their uh, of the time they're testifying. Um, and you can use it to impeach their credibility to whether or not they could be truthful. So if they have someone who is convicted of you know forgery or fraud, then you could say, well, he convicted of fraud and forgery before. Who's to say that he's now uh, not right? A, but the first step is obviously picking apart their credibility before they can even give the testimony. Well, as so usually the people who are proposing them or putting them at that proffering their testimony is usually the person that's using them in favor of them. So it's going to be on the cross examination where you're going to go into it regarding to find out. All right, well, were you ever convicted of a crime? What was that crime? That crime was forgery. All right. So, you know, how many years ago was it? You know, what, what did you do? And you get into that and you get into his background. Right. But you're allowed to pick apart their credibility to see if the jurors are going to trust the the word of a dude that's obviously shady. And I honestly think that you're, you're not none of these guys tested positive. Most of these guys, I should say, tested positive. OK, in as far the, as we know, as far as, as we know, because if you go back to that 2004 report, it's amazing how only certain names were kind of leaked out from that report and. Baseball was kind of trying to keep that under wraps. So that's where it's like. I'll tell you, did there was two things. One, if it was me and I were A-Rod and that came out, my name got leaked from a test that I took under good faith with the assumption that my name would not get released, right? I would have sued that reporter for libel. Well, didn't he sue because, Major League Baseball a couple of years? Uh, you know, no, no. I would have sued that lo- that reporter for the from the Sports Illustrated that wrote that article. I'd have been like, "Oh, you're not going to release who your sources are? Then you're a fucking liar." And I'm going to make sure that you can't afford to buy milk for the rest of your life. You'll be drinking black coffee, sweetheart. I would have well, ruined her life. But and you know nothing. what? People would have hated me for it, but they hate him anyway. So what difference to, does it make? To add to that point, let's let's not pretend that. Sports writers aren't malicious in what they write. I mean, look how long it took for them to go on the offensive against Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of try to blackball him and all out attack him because he, he wasn't vaccinated. And all of a sudden, you know what? Yeah, one sports writer decides that ah, screw Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to make a name for myself and throw this guy under the bus. It, it's a malicious attack against a player for something silly. It, let, let's not act like sports writers have agendas against certain players. Yeah, absolutely. they don't. They like they don't have agendas. They do. So right, right. I, before before we really get into the thick of it, because I want to definitely just go through just the the requirements of the BBWAA before we bring in our guests in just a couple of minutes. And then, by we'll the way, really I threw that in uh, Craigslist one time. Some weird stuff comes up. I was gonna say that sounds really dirty. <laughs> That's what she says, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> um, and especially, you know, like I said, for those that are not looking at home, I would just suggest following this guy. It's on this spreadsheet. We're going to go into the numbers. I mean, this guy literally breaks everything down in this tracker. It's insane. But real quickly, and this is where I always laugh. Even though I know the rules of eligibility, I laugh at some of the lines in the baseball writers, uh, you know, whole how the Hall of Fame election requirements are done. So. First of all, in order for you to be an elector, 
you have to be covering the sport actively for at least 10 years. So you have to be a baseball writer covering the sport as a whole or with a team for 10 consecutive years in order for you to be eligible to vote, which, okay, fine. I like that. You're around the game for 10 years. Sure, whatever. Um, then, obviously, what happens is it's five years after a player retires is when they're eligible for the, the ballot. So now here's the other thing is, again, we said it, an elector will vote for no more than 10 eligible candidates. That's down from 15. And then you need 75% of the votes to get in to the Hall of Fame. But again, this is the number one line that I love so much because this is what we'll really get into when we're talking about these guys that are on this ballot. Voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contribution to teams on which the player played. Biggest ones there, integrity and sportsmanship. So Ty Cobb getting kicked out. And listen, well, listen, racist? Yeah, ab- absolutely. But I know, no, Ty Cobb wasn't a racist. He hated everybody equally. Yeah, he did. And this is where, like, even going back to, because like I said, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be bringing in our guest. But going back to what you guys were talking about at the top of this show and when both Nick and TJ were going into your um, rambling rants about how no guys you know, back in the day, you know, drinking and doing those type of drugs, I think it's a little bit different when Ow. you're comparing drugs like amphetamines or even just being drunk at the plate to performance-enhancing drugs. To but get anything, Amphetamine is a performance-enhancing drug. Like, what, what defines your Let me ask you something. Right now, if one of these guys that was using spider Attack, are they now banned from the Hall of Fame? They that's performance-enhancing. It's that not is. a drug, but it's a performance-enhancing substance. A hundred percent. And it's, it would be really interesting to see though, if, you know, listen, how long has Garrett Cole used it for, you know, now are his number that that's what I'm saying. So I get it. Like there's, this is where you kind of teeter the line of, all right, what's, what are we talking about here? Because you go back to the, what, what, what was it? The report was in 2004, right? That was the major report. What, what about the Mitchell report? I think the Mitchell report was separate from yeah, was. the 2004 report. So, again, I understand you're teetering this line because it's like, all right, well, you, you're talking about guys that, you know, the 86 Mets basically won on cocaine and shit like that, you know? Like, so I get it. I understand where people who, like you they guys. Allegedly won on cocaine, just to correct you. <laughs> allegedly. I'll tell you right now. Everybody I wants saw to freaking Doc like, Gooden sniffing the first baseline. Are you kidding me? Dude, everybody wants to act like. Doing steroids Allegedly. is going to make you a better baseball player. Doing steroids does not increase your hand-eye coordination at all. Doing steroids re- gives you a recovery time that's a lot faster than it normally would be. Your muscles recover faster. You can lift more. You can put on some bulk, but it I mean, doesn't on, allow these guys. Though Barry Bonds goes one, comes in to camp one year, and he's looking like he's got thirty pounds of muscle. And how mass many? And how many Silver Slugger before. awards did Barry Bonds win when he was one hundred and sixty-two pounds? Barry Bonds would a Hall of Famer without the steroids, either way. I mean, come on. It, it, he was well, a, he, he he a multiple-time Silver Slugger yeah, prior, Award winner before he did steroids. Prior to the steroids, when he was with Pittsburgh, uh, insane numbers, insane yeah. numbers. It's then you get player. to the Giants, and things start happening, and it's like, all right, things are a little bit inflated and whatever the case may be. So, still a Hall of Famer. So, he's a Hall of Famer number-wise. Of course so he's a Hall of Famer. 
before so, the alleged but, cloud comes around him. So my question is, Willie Mays, Willie Mays has admitted that he took amphetamine while playing baseball. All right. Should we kick him out of the Hall of Fame? But what are we like again, though? I get I get you saying amphetamine is a performance enhancing drug. It absolutely is. It gives you the ability to go to the plate every day when you're dragging ass. It, it's like taking coke, juice. and you're like, "Let's go! I want to go run through a wall today." Where normally you'd be like, "I can't play today, Skip. I need a day think, off." Think about it: stepping up to the plate and getting on base every time, like it's the fucking World Series Game Seven, and you're gonna take the next base because you fucking need it. What about the guy who did uh, who threw a no hitter on acid? Does that count as a performance enhancing drug or no? We take away no hitter, and this is why, After and this gamble? is why we're gonna get. We're going to get our guy in here. So you guys ramble on for a second while I get him on the line. And we'll ask him what he thinks. I I like how it's considered rambling when you're just dropping truth on a league that wants to base (laughs) everything on purity and integrity. And it's the most bullshit fucking league in the system. (laughs) I agree, too. Wait, let me get back to that. So if you use acid, is that considered a PED for no hitter? If anything helps you, if anything helps you, doing anything you're doing out there, you don't know. Did it, did it enhance you. your performance? I he he apparently was dodging out of the way of baseballs that were like nowhere it, near him. So my question is: if you take some Viagra before you get to the box, and you go yard with some Viagra in your system, is Rafael Palmero out now because he's on Viagra? Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I'll give you one. The old adage was boxers didn't have sex for a month or two before having a fight. Why? Because they wanted that testosterone through the roof. They wanted you to be fucking angry and mean and nasty because you haven't gotten any and your system is flowing with testosterone that you haven't been, you haven't been able to ditch the poison. Okay. We can delay. That's performance enhancing. I mean, you guys go without sex for a month and and you let me know how much you want to kill somebody. It's a simple thing, right? Like blood doping. Blood doping is considered performance enhancing, but what really is blood doping? They take your own blood out. They store it and then they inject it back into you. They overoxygenate it. All I'm right, sorry. That's not even like something foreign. That's you back in you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, so I want to bring in our guest right now. He is from New Jersey Advanced Media, Bill Evans. Bill Evans Sports is his Twitter handle. It's a complete honor to have a voter on the show here, on this live show. And for Bill, this is a big moment for him because he is a first-time voter for the BBWAA. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time coming on to the Sports Talk 365 slash Scoreboard Addicts live show here. You got Joe Sokoa, you got Ant, you got Nick, and you got TJ. Bill, how you doing tonight? Very good, guys. Uh, pleasure to, jo- to uh, join you. All right. So I guess the first question I got to ask you, 
like I said, you've been covering the sport for a very long time. We went over the rules a little bit. You got to be covering the sport for 10 years. You casted your first ever ballot for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just go through the emotions of that being, you know, a writer and I'm sure a lifelong baseball fan. Yeah, it's, it's something I've been looking forward to. Um, I've, I've been in the Baseball Writers uh, Association for, you know, uh, actually a little over a decade. And, um, you know, it, it kind of started, uh, I covered a covered the Phillies, but, you know, uh, been covering them since like 2005 and, and even a little bit before that. Um, so, you know, I, I've been, been on the beat for a while and, uh, you know, just being part of the BBWAA itself, you know, I, I consider it an honor. And then, you know, as you, as you come up on, on that, uh, you know, 10 year mark, you know, you're, you're going to, going to get one of those ballots in the mail. And what was something I, I, you know, I was looking forward to and, and, uh, you know, making sure that I, I took my time to, um, you know, strongly consider my selections and, and wanted to do it right. And, um, you know, do consider it a, an honor and a responsibility. And speaking of your ballot, let's go through your ballot here quickly before we kind of open it up for discussion amongst the boys and yourself. So this is Bill Evans' ballot that he submitted earlier today. He selected four choices, Todd Helton, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, and Jimmy Rollins. Those were his selections for the Baseball Hall of Fame with his votes just go down the go down that list there uh, and just discuss what made you choose these four guys. And then, of course, you know, leaving other guys off. Of course, everybody knows you can vote up to 10 guys. So just what what went into the thought process of your voting selection? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always felt like, you know, it's, it, it, you know, to be selected, you know, it, it, you're, you're obviously going to be part of an exclusive group. Um you know, just because you can select 10 doesn't mean you necessarily should. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like, you know, that there had to be a really strong case, um, you know, almost like a slam dunk in, in, in most cases. Um, yeah, Helton was the guy I actually kind of thought was, was near the top of my list. Um, you know, just watching him play, uh, one of the purest left-handed swings I think I've ever seen, you know, along with maybe like a Ken Griffey Jr., uh, you know, 316 bat and average uh, career, um, you know, gold glover, uh, you know, so, several silver slugger awards, all-star teams. Um, and then we played in Colorado. That turned some people off. But, um, you know, he was he had 287 on the road as, as well. And I, I just felt like he he was the guy that to me was, was the most clear cut. Um, Jeff Kent, again, you look at the position he played, second base, one of the um, – Top offensive second baseman of his generation, over 1,500 RBIs, uh, MVP, uh, top 10 in the MVP four times, knocked in a uh, hundred runs, uh, I think seven or eight years. Uh, you know, just you know, to me that that was you know you look compare him to like a Ryan Sandberg who's in the in the Hall of Fame. His, his offensive numbers were significantly better. Sandberg was obviously a much better defensive player, and, and Ken played you know for many years his prime years in San Francisco, which is not really a hitter's. Either at a ballpark he played in, or neither hitters ballpark. Um, I went back and forth a little bit on Rollins, Rollins, and Rollins. Uh, sorry, Rollins and Rollins. Um, yeah, but again, to me, Rollins across the board again as a shortstop. Uh, I know these positions are evolving, and, and they're not uh, you know necessarily defensive minded as, as much as they have been in the past. But still, you know, 
Um, you know, you're not going to see the numbers at shortstop typically you will on the corner outfield or, or corner infield. Um, just numbers across the board, 2,400 hits, 1,400 runs, 900 RBIs. The guy hit lead off most of his career, over 200 home runs, almost 500 stolen bases, um, you know, 115 triples, 500 doubles. You know, again, multiple Gold Glove awards, you know, MVP award. Uh, to me, he just checked off so many boxes. Um, and then rolling, you know, seven Gold Gloves, one of the best defensive third basemen I, I've seen play in, in, in the decades I've been watching the sport, eight all-star games, and a very good uh, offensive player as well with over 300 home runs, 280 career bat and average, knocked in 105 times, uh, you know, scored 100 a, cu- a couple times. And, um, you know, that, so, you know, when I went, looked at that I, I just felt like they they both deserve to be in you know for you know across the board numbers and then you know you attack on the defense at the end and I think that's what put them over the top very interesting of course and I think you you hit it on the the head with uh, a lot of your selections and behind them especially the offensive numbers as you mentioned at Todd Helton you know a Jeff Kent and a Jimmy Rollins I know the guys over here you can't see them but they were shaking their heads in agreement you know I know Ant was a big advocate before he was talking about Jeff Kent and how he probably should be in over a few of these guys on this list so I want to open up the the Q&A part of this and I'm going to start first here and I think it's the the age-old question you didn't go with any of the guys that have that PED cloud over their head was there is there any specific reason to it? Like where what's your mindset as a voter? Because I know that this has been a huge topic of discussion amongst a lot of these voters. And I know a lot of people try to get like, you know, some feedback from these writers about where they stand with guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you know, and Alex Rodriguez and, and things of those nature. So I'm just curious as to where your thought process is with those guys and why they weren't on your ballot. Yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, that they've, they've kind of cheated the game. Um, and, you know, in the case of some of those guys, you know, I, I know some writers, you know, which, which is their right, that they kind of make a distinction. And you know, I, I do think guys like the Bonds and the Clemens and the A-Rod were probably Hall of Famers, you know, before, you know, they were even, you know, implicated with, with, with the steroids, um, which to me, to me, you know, means they, they probably didn't even have to do it. You know, I, I almost have more sympathy for somebody that's like a 250 career hitter just trying to hang on in the game and feeling that, you know, somebody's doing steroids and is going to take his job. I just, I just felt like, you know, anybody that was, was kind of associated with that, I, I just wasn't going to, to put on the ballot. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to make the distinction between, you know, maybe Clemens was a Hall of Famer, um, you know, prior to, to being implicated, whereas, you know, people will say like, well, Sammy Sosa, well, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been, you know, a Hall of Famer if, if you know, he didn't, break the rules. I, I just couldn't make that, that distinction. So I, I just decided to kind of eliminate any, anybody, um, you know, who was, who was kind of implicated within in that steroid uh, situation. Guys. Um, so um, Bill, I got, go I got a question for you. Congratulations on uh, getting a vote. I mean, that's a, a great honor getting a vote in the baseball hall of fame. Um, I, I know I would be absolutely psyched, but I, I want to key in on something you said, somebody that cheated the game. I mean, I think the ba- baseball itself, the MLB, has just a terrible history with, I, I mean, allowing people to cheat the game. Um, Bud Selig, I, I think, first and foremost, uh, you have 
where you have all the alleged steroid use, you have the alleged implications that MLB knew that this was going on, that the coaches, everybody in the locker rooms knew that it was going on. And then now we're going to hold the players accountable for what the MLB allowed. I mean, after the, the lockout, um, MLB was in the, in the dregs of, you know, mediocrity. Nobody was watching. And then all of a sudden you have Sammy Sosa and Mark Guevara bring the game back. And it was great for baseball then. And all of a sudden now it's not baseball. And I understand, you know, the distinction of, you know, listen, if, if you're cheating, you're cheating. Um, but when you have the MLB turned a blind eye to the Houston Astros, I, I mean, there's there's proof in the pudding. I, I mean, we have alleged steroid use and then there's proof. There, there's physical proof of the Houston Astros cheating. And yet there's not an asterisk next to that World Series. I, I mean, I, I think the whole purity of the game and keeping baseball clean and honest, I, I think that was tarnished right there and then. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, and in, in, in a sense too. I mean, I, I do think Bud Selig over oversaw the steroid era, and that, that's a stain on his uh, legacy. And I'm not, I know he's in, in the Hall of Fame, and I'm I probably wouldn't have voted for him for for that reason. Oh, Same thing. I bring up the the Astros. You know when. It comes down to Jose Altuve, uh, you know, being up for the Hall of Fame. I, I think that's going to be something he's going to deal with. There's going to be probably writers out there that are going to look at it and see him as part of that scandal and, and say, you know, does he belong? So, I, I mean, I think, you know, the yeah, I mean, the, definitely the, you know, the, the commissioner and, and Major League Baseball, um, you know, has culpability here for, for sure. I, I don't really absolve them of that, but. You know, just looking at the players themselves, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, th th those are the ones that I have to, to kind of make a decision on. So that that was just kind of the way I went. Good, good, good. Oh, good uh, listen, I, 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 I agree with it. And I, I again, I, I like your selections. I, I can definitely agree with them. And I like the fact that you went pure across the board, you have standards and, and you kept to those standards. And it seems that some, some of the writers are voting in somebody like David Ortiz, but want to leave A-Rod out and, and Clemens out. And it's kind of like one of those, well, if you let one steroid guy or alleged steroid guy get in, is that going to open up the floodgates? Cause I, I mean, at a certain point it, it would have to, if you're going to set the standard that one alleged steroid guy can get in and another one can't, I think there there's going to be a clear, you know, line in the sand of wait a minute you allowed one but not all and these guys numbers are far better than david ortiz yeah and i mean yeah and i'm, I'm there are different levels I, I think i mean i'm sure yeah i know ortiz's uh situation uh and even the commissioner had kind of said that he wasn't sure if his sample was was um you know a clear true positive and and all that where, where, where some of the others were, were more or more clear. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, th I think you do have to look at each case in some cases individually. Um, I think w working against Ortiz a little bit too is, is you know, playing DH, um, you know, he only had to kind of play half the game. I, I think that's something that you kind of look at, you know, wonder if, you know, if he had to be out there for nine innings or, or more every game, whether he would have put up the same um, offensive you know, numbers. But then obviously there, he does have, he does have the questions about steroids as well. So uh, 
Bill, uh, how you doing? It's Nick here. Uh, good evening. Again, I'll echo TJ's sentiments about congratulations on getting your vote uh, for the Baseball Hall of Fame. A huge responsibility to the game that we all love and has been a huge part of our lives. And my question for you is, with your feelings toward persons that have been suspected or are guilty of taking performance-enhancing drugs, uh, would you go on on a limb out to say that those who have admitted to taking amphetamine during the 60s should they not be in the hall of fame should they have now be removed from the hall of fame i'm wearing a mickey Mantle jersey on right now and it's been noted <laughs> that that mickey Mantle got injections of amphetamine from dr max jacobson so that he could play and uh, in 1961 got a nasty infection and was out for a good chunk of the season because of it uh and, and, you know, the effects of amphetamine are very simple. You know, you get amphetamine and, and you know, you, you may be dragging it a little bit this week. You get that booster shot. And next thing you know, you can play the next five days and it's not a big deal. Whereas the guy who's not doing that are, uh, are you know, they're, they're not playing those five games. They're sitting down a day here, a day there. And the other question I have for you is uh, we, we have some evidence, whether it be maybe coming from people who are yet less than reputable or from somewhat suspect testing. Does that mean that the people that are currently getting voted in, like let's say for instance, and just for argument's sake, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say for argument's sake, Todd Helton took steroids, but never got caught. Does right. I mean, can you say without a doubt that he never did performance enhancing drugs, that all the guys that are not quote unquote guilty right now, never did performance enhancing drugs during the steroid era? Well, I, I mean, I don't know that I can say that. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, say, you know, Hey, Todd Helton could have, could have done steroid. I mean, I don't think that's fair to, to Todd Helton. Um, I mean, we, we, as, as from what we know of, um, you know, he didn't. And, and that's kind of what I'm going on. Same, same thing with, you know, the other players that I, that I picked. I mean, if, if it comes out later on that, that they did, then that would that would probably change my vote. You know, if um, you know if they were already in the Hall of Fame at, at that point, I, I mean, that would I guess be up to the up to the Hall to to make that determination. You know, I, I don't want to you know kind of play a hypothetical with, with somebody that, that hasn't really been been implicated or you know you you don't think has has done it. So, um, and that's a tricky question. I mean, I think that would have to you know, have to be up to the Hall of Fame itself as to, as to how they would how they would deal with with those situations and um, you know whether those players would be removed. Okay, uh, and then my my second question uh, along those lines was uh, basically for those for those that there there is no cloud over, um, we we're we're taking the word of some less than reputable people in the cases of bonds and Clemens, uh, they never failed a drug test. And basically people that were going to jail and questioned by the federal government said, Hey, uh, I gave steroids to this guy. Are we really, are we banking on that as the reason that they are definitely guilty? Obviously in bonds case, he had some amazing growth as a human being over the course of, Man. 1996 through 2007 you know he just became a large individual but if you look at somebody like roger clemens i look like i'm in better shape than roger clemens did when he was playing he looked like my uncle uh so i mean we're we're, we're taking the kate we're taking the word of a, of a, of a, a, a convicted criminal 
that Roger Clemens is also a criminal, although Roger Clemens has been an upstanding citizen. Uh, so, I mean, are we taking that word? And then lastly, how much does the, how the player treats you as a reporter play into your role on voting for them? Because I, I do understand there are some players that are very borderline. And, you know, like if they were a nice guy to the media, they get voted in. And the guy that was kind of a jerk doesn't. And I, I think David Ortiz is kind of falling into that category where he's a steroid user and we, he failed a test. And, you know, he was a nice guy to the media, so he gets a vote. Uh, I think that he's the one steroid guy that's like, yeah, they're like, he's cool. Everybody else, not so much. But what are your thoughts on that? On on disreputable people making claims against, uh, I guess, quite against, I guess, questionable people, and then also the role of the media and whether or not they like you in getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, well, on the first part, I mean, obviously, that there's there's been a lot of different investigations. There's been the Mitchell report. I mean, I I think you know, in the case of a lot of these guys we have some pretty clear evidence um you know i guess is a hundred percent you know like i said i mean if there's, there's not a a failed test you know once you know they, that was given by major league baseball i mean i guess that there can be some question but i, th- I think you just you're just looking at what the evidence is out there and the different um you know reports and the investigations that have gone on i mean i, I think you just have to to take it all in and, and kind of make a determination of, of you know what you, what you think is real and obviously you know it's right I mean there could be some disreputable characters that are, are given some testimony and, and you just have to have to consider that um, well on the, on the second point I, I, I at least for me I mean you know whether you're you know how you deal with the media doesn't um, to me that doesn't matter at all I mean I, I went with um, you know, I went with Jimmy Rollins. I didn't go with Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard was probably one of the most um, accessible superstars, um, you know, in the Phillies clubhouse for for many many years. I, you know, I, I you know, um, and not that, that, that Jimmy was a bad guy or anything like that, but you know, Ryan was, was a lot more accessible. I mean, there's been plenty of other guys that, you know, you could look at Brad Lidge and Chad Durbin and Aaron Rowan that were you know, probably the some of the top guys to deal with. Um, if they ever showed up on a Hall of Fame ballot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for any of them. And that, to me, that, that's not part of the equation. Um, and, and I would think for most writers, that would be the case. I, I don't think, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, you know, local chapters give good guy awards for, you know, who's, who's the most accessible to media over the course of a season. And you know, that's what that's for. But, you know, as far as the Hall of Fame goes, I, I don't think, you know, your how you deal with the media should be you know, really factored in at all. Hey, Bill, it's uh, Anthony real quick. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, giving us your time. I just have a couple quick questions and we'll, we'll kind of wrap you up here. Um, first, I agree with the Jeff can, um, you know, was also I'm going to say congratulations on your first year voting for this. So my thing is, uh, my question for you is how do you feel about voters who just pr- submit a blank ballot at this point? I mean, you have, I look at it, I'm seeing guys like Jeff Kent, who's only getting 20% of the vote. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, so how does, how do you feel like as, another, as a fellow baseball writer of America voting and then other people just submitting blank ballots? I, I, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. Um, I, I'm kind of glad I wasn't one of those guys, but I mean, kind of going into it, I was, you know, I was thinking like you know, I, I knew there was probably not going to be a lot you know I knew I wasn't going to be close to 10 but you know, I, I figured I'd, I'd have a few guys and I did you know take the time to look at everybody's numbers and you know just make sure I was I was right but 
if you don't if you don't feel that anybody on the ballot belongs in the Hall of Fame, then I don't feel you should be obligated to vote for somebody for the Hall of Fame. I mean, if, if you if you look at it and just don't think that anybody belongs, um, you know, you, you can either not submit a ballot or you can turn in a blank one, which I, I would think actually turning in the blank one is probably, in my mind, more the right thing to do because you're saying I don't believe anybody belongs and that's, that's your prerogative. Um, you know, we, we've, we've seen years like, like last year where, where nobody – you know, didn't make the cut. Um, and cause it, and it, it should be a challenge, you know, to, to get in, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be easy. So I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. If you look at it and feel like there's nobody on there that's, that's, that's a hall of famer, then, then turn in a, a blank ballot until somebody, you know, comes onto the ballot that you think, think belongs. Uh, that's fair. I died. Yeah. I kind of agree <laughs> with that. I guess too, if they don't feel, feel like good enough, then don't, don't do it. But my other question here too, is with these, these PEDs, what I appreciate from you is that, you were across the board, you know, you didn't vote David Ortiz, you didn't vote A-Rod, you didn't vote Bonds, you didn't vote Clemens. And I do appreciate that. But for some of those type of guys, I mean, obviously, you know, Bonds and Clemens of last year, but for A-Rod and Ortiz, is there anything that moving forward in the future, the next 10 years, I mean, you know, in case they don't get in this year, that would change your mind to make you vote for someone like that who may have alleged PED use? I don't think I would change my mind. Um I mean, to me, I, and that's something else, you know, I, I've never understood was, well, I, I don't think this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, to me, you know, you're, you're a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer. Um, and so I, I think that the guys that I have on the ballot now, you know, those, those four guys, I'll, I'll, I'll check them off again next year. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, I haven't really looked ahead to see who's, who's coming on next year. But, you know, if, if there's anybody else, um, you know, that then I'll add to it. Um, more than likely, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think I would change my mind. I mean, we could, you know, if, if I looked at somebody's numbers and thought they weren't worthy and then maybe, you know, in their first year and then seven or eight years later, you know, those numbers seem to stand out a little more. Like nobody, nobody else was really kind of coming close to them. Maybe I'd, I'd look at it again, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure every year I'll take a look at, at everybody on the ballot, you know, as, as they come along. But I, I would think my plan anyway is, you know, I, I, I've decided these four guys are Hall of Famers. They're Hall of Famers going forward. Um, the guys I didn't decide were Hall of Famers. I, I don't I don't feel like I would ever do it for them in, in, in the future. Um, you know, if I, I can't imagine I would get to a point where I'm, I'm you know, filled up with 10, you know, if there was like some stellar year of, of first year guys that then I would probably have to make a decision. But, but right now I'm, I've got these four guys and then we'll, I'll, I'll probably add to it, you know, with, with the guys that come in as first year guys in the future that I believe belong. Bill, uh, this is Joe. This is Joe. Again, uh, we appreciate you um, taking the time. And I kind of wanted to end this on a little bit of a lighter note I, because I go back to the last couple of years and looking at the voting um, and it, it, even though this is your first year doing it, I'm sure you've paid attention the, the, the previous years. Two years stick out to me specifically. The first one, Ken Griffey Jr., 99.3%, which means there were two voters that did not vote for Ken Griffey Jr. As, another, as, a, as, a, as a voter now, looking back at that, did you sit there and question and be like, guys, are you kidding me? Like, Really, two voters. And then you go to Derek Jeter, 99.7. One person didn't vote for him. I mean, I get it. I we, we, we hear the stories over and over again about 
voters who say, well, you know what? I know this guy's going to get in automatically. I don't want to waste a vote on him because I want to I want to use that vote for somebody that might fall off the ballot that I'd like to keep on the ballot. But I mean, one or two voters, especially in those cases of Ken Griffey Jr. and Derek Jeter. I mean, what just well, I hear you chuckling a little bit when I first brought it up. So like as a voter now, like. Can you just if I was a voter, I'd be like, I would just look at that person and be like, even though we don't I don't think we knew who they were. I believe they kept themselves anonymous, I think, for good reason. But it's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I think was it Rivera was the was the first one a few years ago. That, that yeah, was 100 percent. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and, which was surprised. And he, I was even surprised by that a little bit because I figured there would be some anti-closer bias out there and so i was surprised that, that he got 100 but yeah those are some guys that have just, like i couldn't believe had never gotten 100 percent. you mentioned yeah, griffey i mean one of the one of the greats of his generation and 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 we talked about guys that were accessible to the media he was especially for a visiting player you know that i, that I dealt with a couple times had some one-on-one interviews with and, and um you know a couple times when I interviewed him, we we just had like a, I didn't know him that well. And we had like a 10, 15 minute conversation after the recorder was off. He was just like that kind of open welcoming type of personality. So I, I'm, I would, I, I just, I couldn't see what would, you know, what prevent you from voting for a guy like that. You know, if, if somebody had a personal vendetta, you know, like if, it, you know, if they, they didn't deal with them well in the locker room. Um, you know, and I think that was, the case like way back with like Ted Williams or, or whatever, but I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I, I couldn't see it. You know, there, there's some guys to me that there aren't too many slam dunks out there, but Ken Griffey Jr. would be a slam dunk. Derek Jeter would be a slam dunk. And I, I, I'm, you know, a couple of those guys have come up and I said, well, this is the guy that's going to be the hundred percent guy and, and wasn't, I, it just surprised me. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what they're thinking. They're thinking was, but uh, you know, I guess everybody has their reasons. Well, Bill Evans, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time coming on here, speaking to us uh, at length about this whole process. And again, on behalf of all of us here, again, congratulations on on getting the opportunity to live out a dream that I'm sure a lot of people who love the game of baseball, who have followed the game of baseball, get to do. And that is, of course, cast your ballot for the Hall of Fame and uh, absolutely grateful for that and grateful for you taking the time here late on this uh, Wednesday night for joining us here on the, uh, on the show. Thanks for joining us, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Round of applause, Bill. Happy New Year. Thanks, Bill. Happy New Year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. 
Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. All right. I mean, that was nice. pretty straightforward. That's great. Straightforward. I even, yeah, he was so straightforward. He's honest. Those are great. You, I'm just you, I saw you, perk up, you perked up. Rook, you perked up when he said Jeff Kent. because I, I, yeah, I was were, actually looking at his ballot already, so I, I knew he voted for him, so I was waiting for him. Because You Jeff know what? Kent, come on. Jeff Kent is one of those guys that the media hated. Don't like. And and it's same thing with Kurt Schilling right now is that a lot of people in the media hate him, you know. And whether look, I I'm not here to debate people's politics. We're here to watch them play fucking baseball. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's that big question mark about Ty Cobb about whether or not he was racist. Ty Cobb was not racist. I'll tell you that right now. I've read a lot about Ty Cobb. He actually has one of the largest endowments for blacks for scholarships to college for black uh black youths for African Americans. If you want to be weird about it. Uh, he actually has a scholarship for it. Um, and and the reason that they consider Ty Cobb racist is because his vernacular was that of a Southerner, like a hillbilly Southerner in 1920, which obviously is not PC. Say again? He played the game hard. He played the game hard. He, played the, he was a douchebag, right? He, everybody hated Ty Cobb. Um, but, uh, but, you know, his vernacular was not good. He referred to black people in a very a less than positive manner but that wasn't necessarily hatred it was just the way he re referred to them because that's how it was referred to where he was from you know like it's it's not it wasn't a, a pejorative where he was from it, it was matter of fact yeah and but he was a douchebag and by today's yeah. standards being a douchebag like that he'd not get into the hall of fame for being a dickhead yeah. we're getting to the top of the hour just want to remind everybody you're watching and listening to the sports talk 365 scoreboard addicts live show here on YouTube, on the Facebooks and the MixLRs and all that stuff. And on like the said, Facebooks. Yeah. I want to get into the nitty gritty of it here because we, we could look at this. We could talk about this all night and all day. Um, again, going off of this tracker, we mentioned, and again, it just, it's insane at how the numbers and how they can project on, on these guys. So and we didn't really get into it. And that's why I want to get into it now with you guys where everybody stands as of right now and where they're heading according to this tracker. So right now there's 23% of the ballots known. Not every one of these voters put their name out there and they get to check a box. If you look at the ballot, they check a box to say, hey, do you want your ballot revealed? And some of these guys do it on their own time, whatever the case may be. Again, all ballots are due by December 31st, so a couple of more days with that. We mentioned, and it goes off of this tracker, that there's going to be an estimated 392 ballots. Right now, only 84 public have been made and six anonymous that have been made. And in order for you to get to 75%, you need 294 votes to get to 75%. So let's take a look at right now off of the public ballots, which are 84 where guys are sitting right now. Right now, the big guys within the last years there of their uh, eligibility, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, 78.9%, both of them. Identical right now because it's basically been the same voters who have been voting for these guys. And typically what we see, I will just let you know because I follow it every year, what we see around this time, this is – typically where they're at, where they look like they're in, but they start trending downward and they wind up not making it in. And as of right now, it's trending towards 
they probably won't make it in, but it's going to be close. But they're both at 78.9%. Kurt Schilling has fallen a bit. He's at 70%. And don't forget, guys, Kurt Schilling also requested <laughs> requested that writers don't vote for him because he's like he's over it. The fact that he's in the 10th year of his ballot, he's like, I'll just wait for the Veterans Committee. So he's requested guys to not vote for him. And he's actually lost seven votes because of that so far. Well, you know what, so though? That's, see, and, and I'll tell you this. That's bullshit because the sad part is the Veterans Committee will vote him in. They because, will. It's, again, this is that, well, they're borderline. The media doesn't like him, so fuck him. He ain't getting in. Whereas it, it's, it's the Mr. 3000 problem. Yeah. They made a whole uh, so movie about how the Baseball Hall of Fame is bullshit. So Kurt Schilling's at 70%. David Ortiz right now is at 82.2%. He's gotten 74 of the 84 public votes. He shouldn't be then in at all. Have, yeah. Then you have Todd Helton, who's at 56%. Andrew Jones is at 48.9%. Jeff Kent right now at 25.6%. Uh, Andy Pettit at 12.2%. Manny Ramirez at 41.1%. Uh, a-Rod is at 46.7%. Jimmy Rollins at 10%. Sammy Sosa at 23%. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere. But also, just so you guys know, you need to make 5% in order to stay on the ballot. If you fall below 5%, you're off. And right now, players like Mark Burley, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, Tim Lincecum, Joe Nathan, Jonathan Papelbon and Mark Teixeira are all at 1.1% right now. What was David Ortiz's number again? David Ortiz was 82.2%. And right now, and right now he's actually trending that the way he's trending is that he's going to make it in, but he's going to make it in. I think Buster Olney tweeted this out a couple of hours ago. If the trends are the right way, he's going to make it in at 76.6%. So he's just going to get in at 7%. That's the problem. I mean, if you're going to let him in, if you're going to let him in, you cannot tell me that any – so anybody that never failed the test but is an alleged steroid user, right, we'll we'll go with that. We'll we'll use the word alleged because that's exactly what it is. You're going to tell me that you'd rather vote in David Ortiz than Barry Bonds. If they're both alleged steroid users, you cannot tell me that David Ortiz could carry Barry Bonds' jockstrap. The same with A-Rod. A-Rod gets in before David Ortiz. The same with Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens gets in before David Ortiz. I would even say Andy Pettit gets in before David Ortiz. Like that, you know, Bill said, he played half a game. He was a DH, a career DH. You know, okay? I, I don't you're have a problem with DHs. I don't have a problem with DH. DH was invented so that guys at the end of their career, like Mickey Mantle at the end of his career – Babe Ruth at the end of his career, Mike Piazza at the end of his career could still hit. He couldn't play the field anymore, but we can keep two more years and watch the guy retire, you know, with a little bit of class. He doesn't have to leave the game at 35 years old. But David Ortiz sucked that. You put a glove in his hand and he was trash. He could only play one half of the game. And I'm sorry, I played baseball for a lot of years. And obviously, I'm not a professional, but defense was the easiest part of the game to improve on. All you had to do was give a fuck, especially if you play first base, because the long and short of it is it's just you and the ball. That's it. That's it. If you want to get better at playing defense, have somebody hit your fly balls because hitting 
having somebody throw a curveball, they're actively trying to fuck with you. When you're playing defense, the ball's not sitting there throwing, like, oh, watch out, I'm going to curve on you real quick. The ball doesn't do that. All you have to do is try. Go out there, work hard every day, and you can become adequate. You may not become the greatest defender of all time, and you probably won't, but you can become serviceable. And when you don't do that, it's because you don't fucking care. And David Ortiz just didn't care about playing first base enough to help his team. And my point with DH is that Edgar Martinez waited how long because he was a DH. And Edgar Martinez, I thought, was a better hitter than David Ortiz. All right? David Ortiz couldn't play defense to the point where every World Series they won, when they went on the road in the NL, he just didn't play and he wasn't a lineup. Like, your best hitter is not in the lineup because he he hurts you by playing first base. Like, that's yeah, a problem to me. If you're not one, the it's the PEDs, and then two, it's the DH thing. He, he played that's half why, the game, and that's it. I was going to say, that's why, like, I, I do understand why Bill was saying before that he was pleasantly surprised to see Rivera get 100%. Not the fact that he got 100%, but he was surprised because he thought he would have expected some of the voters out mm-hmm. there to turn around and be like, oh, the whole closer, closer. thing. So yeah. it's it's really interesting when you look at that. So I just want to look at some more of the numbers just to sh- to, to get an idea of where we're at. Um, so as we mentioned, 84 public ballots plus the six plus the six anonymous ballots. What is that? That brings us to 90, 90. 90 actual ballots. Okay. So out of the 90 ballots, 45 have put 10 players on their ballots. But here's the interesting part. There's one row in here that says votes needed for 75%. So now you're talking about we've taken away 90 ballots already. So now they only need 302 based on what the estimated ballot cast is going to be. Barry Bonds still needs 223 votes to get in to hit that 75% mark. Roger Clemens needs 223 to get in. Todd Helton needs 243 to get in. David Ortiz would still need 220 to get to that 75% mark. Um, other notables, like he, he, I know he mentioned, Kurt Schilling needs 231. Uh, A-Rod needs 252. So, you know, not a lot. And then when you look at, then you go down, there's a couple of lines down. Missed 2021 election by votes. Barry Bonds was 53 votes short last year. Clemens was 54 votes short last year. Um, Kurt Schilling was 16 votes short last year, and he's also now a minus seven. The biggest drop, though, guys, this year, the biggest drop has been Omar Vizquel. He's on his fifth year of the ballot. He has lost 28 votes since last year. Did he say he was going to vote for Trump or something? I have no idea, (laughs) but he has lost 28 votes. I know they hate on Mariano Rivera for that. But wait, but this is the other thing I'm saying, though, is that like the reason why guys like Bonds and Clemens and even a David Ortiz and even an A-Rod, the reason why they're going to come close is because this ballot is not that strong. You go back to the following years, right? You go back to the following years, and I'm going to throw the names out to you guys of players elected the last couple of years and who have been on the ballot that they needed to get these guys off. And this is where I know a lot of these voters say we got to get some of these guys off the ballot. That's where it's going to open up. You know, let's go back to 2014, right? 2014, because 2013, no players were selected. So I want to start from 2014. 2014 saw three players. 
Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and Frank Thomas come in. This also had names like Mike Piazza, Craig Biggio, Jack Morris, Jeff Bagwell, okay, uh, Musina, McGuire, Walker, Mattingly. You know, those guys were still on the ballot. Those were bigger ballots, okay? Then in 2015, you saw Biggio, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and John Smoltz get elected. Then in 2016, Ken Griffey and Mike Piazza. In 2017, Bagwell, Reigns, and Pudge Rodriguez. In 2018. Stop right there. Wasn't Pudge Rodriguez listed in the Mitchell report? Yeah, he was. He was. There, There you go. Then 2018. Vlad Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, Chipper Jones, Jim Tomei, 2019, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, Musina, Rivera. Then last year, Jeter and Walker. So these were the names that were on these ballots, and that's why certain guys didn't get the votes. Now you look at this ballot where guys like Bonds, Clemens, as I mentioned, Ortiz, they're going to get the votes because the ballot's not as strong. It's really not as strong. And if we wanted to look ahead – if we wanted to, I guess what it would be, 2023, right? Would be the Hall of Fame ballot that we're looking ahead to because yes. this is technically 2022. Yeah. Okay. So, first ballot people coming in 2023 are going to be Carlos Beltran, John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Jacoby Ellsbury, JJ Hardy, Aaron Hill. So, the, the ballots are not that strong coming going forward. Jacoby Jacoby Ellsbury makes the Hall of Fame for being the shittiest player ever. Oh, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> they need to burn the place down if if Jacoby Ellsbury. It's a Hall of Shame as opposed to a Hall of Fame. Jacoby Ellsbury. You know what? It, it is. It, it's it's the factor. What's pissing me off is that if Bonds is off the ballot and Clemens is off the ballot, and you let David Ortiz get in. It's a sham. It's a sham. You're doing a disservice to the Hall of Fame because if you let one, you have to open up the floodgates. If you're going to let one accused get in, you cannot sit there and say with any certainty, okay, you can't put your name to it and call them out straight up and tell them they were a steroid user because you're going to get sued. You can't say you have proof because nobody has proof. I, I, I think it's bullshit. And at this point, if you see now it open up and it gets a little looser with the steroid era and, and – a little bit of forgiveness, I guess, if you will. And David Ortiz is there and Barry Bonds isn't. That That's a sham. You know, I, I agree with TJ on that one. But my other issue is also that, A, David Ortiz shouldn't be getting in on first ballot. If fucking Edgar Martinez ain't getting in on first ballot, David Ortiz shouldn't get in the first ballot, right? My other big problem is, is that what, what Bill said is that there was a question mark about whether or not Ortiz, in fact, failed. And if that's the case, and everybody that was released in that Sports Illustrated thing, there's a question mark under theirs too. And the MLB and the Yankees owe A-Rod a whole year's worth of salary because he never failed a drug test. And they suspended him for an entire season based on, I I don't even know what. And a lot of people were mad. Making a mockery of baseball, pretty much. uh, A lot of people were mad about A-Rod suing baseball for, for suspending him for a full year because of his involvement i guess uh his knowing somebody who was distributing steroids okay but usually 
it was it, the, the rest of the people that were caught up in that got suspended for 50 games. A-Rod got suspended for a full season as if he had previously failed a test. But the test that he failed is the same test that Ortiz is going, that's not true. The New York Times is writing lies about me because I'm from Boston. Are you fucking kidding me? I think the world has found out thus far that David Ortiz is not a good guy banging drug dealers' wives in the Dominican Republic to the point where they're trying to murder him in the streets. Okay? David Ortiz is not a good guy. No, they didn't allegedly try to murder him. They tried to murder him. No, allegedly banging drug dealers. Oh, no, he did it. All right, fuck him. All right, fuck it. Fuck, fuck David Ortiz. I hate that fast. All right? All right, you're getting off track here. Anyway, I would say... Tell me me Nick is a Yankee fan without telling me Nick is a Yankee fan. It's the fact that there's so much hate for A-Rod. Play fucking right field, okay? There's so much hate for A-Rod, and I understand the circus, but it was a media-driven circus around what happened. But... It, uh, are we all going to forget that what's his name? Ryan Braun essentially got a guy fired because he waited an extra day to get the fucking test in and the guy tested positive. And then the guy went out of his way to try to fucking ruin that guy's life because, hey, I have a technicality. I have an out. So fuck you. I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to take away your ability to get paid because now I have an out to not get screwed over and not technically test positive. You know, I fucking did. Fuck you, Braun. Fucking you, guys, you guys mentioned the word mockery before. I would say a mockery is this Mike Hunt. Um, <laughs> Perfect Mike, Hunt, Mike Hunt's voted had voted for no one. He handed it a blank ballot. And I think it's Michael Hunt. I, says. I, I can agree. With, right I can agree with Bill's take though. Like like we you know Joe just broke down next year's ballot. I mean it's pretty fucking thin. Um, I, I can agree with like you. Don't see a reason <laughs> to put somebody in the Hall of Fame and they just don't check enough boxes. You don't do it. But I feel like at this point, seeing the previous ballots come through where people don't vote, and it's like almost like you're mocking the fucking Hall of Fame. Like, I don't like these fucking guys. I don't care their numbers are Hall of Fame numbers. Screw you. I'm going to make a name for myself, and I'm going to make it about me, and I don't like that. I mean, I think there's a time and a place. Next year's going to be the time and a place, not even to a, submit a ballot. I mean, come on. But it, it, it's it's I, I agree with Bill's take 100%. But at the same time, in the past years where people have not submitted a ballot and there are hands down first ballot Hall of Famers on there, the, the writers need to be held accountable for being douchebags. And the opposite of Mike Cunt was you. Mike Ox big. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he voted for so, Mike Ox big voted for 10 players. Kinda, <laughs> we have a couple wanna, we have a couple uh, comments too, Joe. So I just whenever you're you're done, yeah, yeah. get those. Yeah, a hundred percent. I wanted to actually kind of now just open the uh, discussion for a little bit here on the fact that you know we talked about it. You know, uh, TJ just pointed out, and I looked at the 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 ballots coming up and how scarce it is, and then it goes back to what Bill was saying. You know, now here's a curious thing. I'm I'm curious where you guys are with this. What is the standard for the Hall of Fame these days? Statistical. What is the standard for the Hall of Fame in your opinion these days? Because this has also been another topic of conversation where I've had with friends and they've been heated to- topic of conversations. It's, you know, it's 300 win- because listen, I was a huge advocate for Mike Mussina to get in the Hall of Fame. I thought Mike Mussina was a Hall of Famer because of the fact he still put up the numbers he put up his entire career in the AL East during the steroid era. Yeah, and he was a clean guy. I agree. And I think what, what it was he two hundred eighty nine wins, and again, you know, people used to get on me because I said 
To me, Pedro wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. He had 190 wins. So granted, his ERA was great. And he was dominant for a couple of years in a row. So I'm wondering where you guys are in your takes for what is now the new standard for the Hall of Fame. Is it 3,000 hits? Is it 500 I, home runs? I think, I think honestly, um, I think that standard is going to stay the same. I think 3,000, anything above 3,000 hits, you're getting in. I think anything above carrying 500 plus home runs, you're getting in, depending on your batting average, because obviously that's going to be a problem going forward now with the new way of swinging for the fences or fucking striking out, you know, 170 times a season. Um, but I think anytime a batting average, I think there are guys in the hall of fame that are like below 260 hitters. Right. And and I I think that's definitely a a point of debate, but I think that the main numbers are always going to be there. 3000 is always going to be there. If you hit above 3000, you should be in the hall of fame. And I don't think anybody's going to contest to that. It doesn't matter if you play 20 years, 15 years, more power to you. You got 3000 hits. There's only, I mean, the guys that hit over 3000 are in the hall of fame. I mean, minus, you know, uh, Pete Rose, but I, I I think there's numbers that are pretty much sticking points for everybody. But the one intangible that I think a lot of people don't take into account is what that guy did for the team. And I, I know you read the list of rules and integrity and all that stuff, but I think what you put forward to the team, how are you, what were your, what were your performances in the playoff? Did you carry the team? Did you put the team on your back? Because I think then those numbers can shift a little bit where if you're Mr. Clutch and you come in when you're needed, and you can put up numbers, but you fall short of that 3,000 hits. You only have, you know, 420 home runs. You only batted, you know, 267 career. But when it counted and you got those rings and, and you got those wins when they were needed, I think that's an intangible that gets overlooked a lot. But again, going forward, there's not really anybody on that ballot coming in next year that fits that category either. It's pretty gross, actually. It's disgusting. But that's what I'm saying. All these guys, can you just take, but that that's where I think we, we could all sit back for a second and look at the guys that just made, that made the hall of fame these last couple of years. Like, wow, we truly were blessed yeah. to see the players that have come through the game and that have, you know, did so much for the game. And now we're, now we're looking on, you know, uh, listen, I mean, we have Mike Trout in this game. Obviously we're seeing Shea Otani, uh, bud into something uh, spectacular, but it really goes to show that what we've seen in the past and these players that have made the Hall of Fame controversial or not are there. And it's just now it's just, all right, what are we looking forward to? I, I think what we're going to look forward to now is I think everybody is, this is going to be outside of the names that have come through the Hall of Fame these last couple of years, the big names. This is probably going to be the most anticipated one because will the will the PED guys get in on their last will ballot? They open up the floodgates. And, where, and where does David Ortiz? And that's what I'm saying because I think writers, it's almost like you're just waiting for the first domino to fall, and then these writers yeah, that continue to come in, and now forget it. You get these younger writers that are coming in; they're going to just be like, ah, whatever. Me, it goes back to what I said earlier in the show needs to be a committee. And I'm talking about like baseball historian committees, like a Bob Costas and a Peter Gammons. And it should be a combination of writers and broadcasters because Vin Scully has been around the game for 80 freaking years. That guy deserves a vote because he's seen these players throughout the game. I, I he mean, doesn't have a vote. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Listen, uh, right, we have these names in our head that you know they're getting in. But I think the biggest thing, and and I mark it down, I think in 10 or 15 years, we're going to be sitting here discussing those numbers again, like you asked, what is that standard of Hall of Fame? And I think the thing we're going to be discussing, disgusting, well, it is disgusting, but what we're going to be discussing is how analytics is going to fuck up those numbers. So I don't, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a numbers person as far as that's concerned. Cause some people are compilers. They play 20 something years and they hit 500 home runs and they throw them in the same hat as Mickey Mantle that played 16 years and hit 500 something home runs. You know what I mean? So it's not really the same to sit there and say it's the same is, is cute and all. But when you're looking at somebody like Julio Franco that played till he was 56 years old, like it's not the same, you know, and in, in hockey, you have guys like Mario Lemieux that played forever, you know, Yarmie Yager played forever it's not the same as a guy that played 15 years and put up crazy numbers um that's a numbers, bad standard because mario lemieux and yeah no I, I got that but i'm saying is <laughs> i'm saying is if 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 yager put up numbers like gretzky that's not the same thing it's not it's i i, I would disagree but uh but my point being is is that i think it's more important to look at what that player meant to you meant to the game at the time they were playing and for how long. And and I, I attribute it to somebody like Joe Namath. If you look at his overall stats when he went to the Football Hall of Fame, they're not that great. But for about five or six years, he was the greatest quarterback in football, bar none. Like, it was him, 60 feet of crap, and then the rest of the league. And when you look at somebody like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody who's like borderline that doesn't really have the, the – you know, look at Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent doesn't have 500 home runs. Uh and, and, and our friend Doc, who made a comment on, on YouTube, he just said 500 home runs is a stretch for some. Kent has 377 home runs or something, and it's the most ever for a second baseman. And if you look at somebody like Mariano Rivera, you look at him compared to his other pitchers, oh, but he's a closer. Yes, he is the greatest closer in the history of the game, without question. He is the greatest closer He's the ever. gold standard. For as long, gold for standard. As, he's, he's the platinum standard. They have an award named after the man. All right. All right. And and I I think that's what you start thinking about. If somebody had their stamp on the game and you thought of that guy and you thought of excellence, and I don't put a lot of credence into World Series either because you look at guys like Biggio that were unfortunately on bad teams. They don't have World Series wins. Ted Williams doesn't have a World Series win. Okay. To sit here and argue that Derek Jeter is better than Ted Williams is freaking crazy. Not only did Ted Williams bat 400, but he gave up like two years of his life to fly planes against the Japanese in World War II for the United States Marine Corps. How many hits would he have if he didn't lose that time to serve his country? Like, 
I think kills should be a, a, a standard too. That, you know, if you're in the Hall of Fame, we've been to the Hall of Fame. They do put their logo. If you've served in the military, they put your logo the under your plaque. So yeah, it'll say under, under Ted Williams's plaque, it says World War II and the years that he served, and it has the Marine Corps logo. That's confirmed. Kind of cool. Seventy-two kills. But uh, how many but, people can I, say they hit home runs and killed a man? <laughs> but, a very rare but i'm not very a stats rare. person i think it's really what you mean to the game while you play hopefully it's in a positive situation not a negative but i think that there are some players that transcend the game and maybe they don't have the numbers overall but when you think of them when they played you think wow that for about five years that guy was the game of baseball like he was right. he was but, it but he again, was the bees knees and the cat's meow I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but David Ortiz just hit. Imagine, I, I mean, to put it in a golf perspective, imagine if every time you got within 70 yards of the green, Phil Mickelson waltzed out there and hit a fucking flop shot to three feet. Didn't have to putt it, not part of his game. Didn't have to drive it in the fairway, not part of his game. He had to do one thing and one thing only, and he was great at that one thing. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, So just my few points. I, it's hard to make a standard overall for every player. I think for me, one of the ones I think would be longevity, you know, not just the guy who played in, you know, didn't play great. Like someone like Brett Gardner, he's had a long career, but does, he's not a Hall of Famer to me. Someone who's had a long, long career. He's not a Hall of Famer. Bring up Brett Gardner again during a Hall of Fame conversation, all right? Bring him up again. See what the fuck happens. I'm curious, so, Rook, now you saying that, Ant, like, because you go on longevity. So I wonder if like a guy like, because the, the, the common debate is Don Mattingly because his career – wasn't sure. as yeah, he's borderline Thurman he, Munson. I think he'll probably get in veterans committee type of guy like Don Mattingly, Thurman Munson. We'll probably get in one of those veterans committee earlier. But they've been on the veterans committee for a long time. No, I know what I'm saying. Like, like Jill Hodges. I know. Yeah. Well, let me get back to my point anyway. So, longevity, solid longevity too, like not just you know, shitty years towards the back end of your career, steady, very consistent. Um. You know, obviously, guys who are batting around 300 now. I mean, guys who bat around 300 really is rare at this point, especially for a career. So if you're at 295 or 300 and above, I think that's obviously a key point to get into the hall. Another one I would think for pitchers would be you can't make it to 300 wins anymore. These guys just don't pitch as often. They're injured a lot. Some of them, a lot of them lose two or three years and they get, you know, Tommy John. So for pitchers, I think you know, I would lower that to I mean, like a 250, maybe 225 type of thing for pitchers and obviously ERA and strikeout numbers. Uh, wins shouldn't be as much as important as look at DeGrom. DeGrom, I think, is a, is a Hall of Famer, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to have, not like gonna have any wins. 75 wins. Exactly. And, and a lot of those losses he's going to have is one nothing losses. So, I mean, uh, you know, to go into the um, – <laughs> to go into the, you know, the comments that we have right now, um, we have Doc here. So, Doc, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate the comments. Anyone else, even if you're rewatching this, leave some comments and we look around the comments, we comment back to you guys. So, you know, take it, take a look at it, leave a comment. We'll, we'll get back to you. But Doc, you know, he said, you know, Burt Belevin took forever to get in and looking at Burt Belevin's numbers. I mean, by 11, by 11. I don't know why I said, it. <laughs> but I agree with him. He took a while to get in. He's, his numbers look like he is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he should probably, he should have got in sooner, but that's just, a, you know, it, 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 again, that that, that goes back to I'm not a numbers person, but I think of Blur Bert Blylevin. He is an iconic name, like Raleigh Fingers. It's just yeah. 
one of those people you hear the name and you're like, wow, that guy was really good for an extended period of time. And he kind of defines a generation, you know, like he's, he's one of those names that pops. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Roger Maris isn't in the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. But his name pops. Two MVPs broke the single season home run record. Two, two or three World Series, not in the Hall of Fame, and it's because he batted like two fifty and he didn't hit five hundred home runs. And what's and amazing, Doc's, that- Doc's other comment here is that five hundred home runs is a stretch. I agree, it's a, it is a stretch. And he's saying this Kent is the three seventy seven home runs, whatever it is, the number is the most ever for second baseman. If you have the most ever stat in your at your position. position you should you should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, except you're pitcher. The best, except obviously pitcher. But if and you're the best offensive player that ever played that position, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And Jeff Kent not being in the Hall of Fame and, is ridiculous. And what Bill said, and what Bill said, though, Bill said, he did it in a in a park in both parks out in San Francisco that are not hitter friendly parks. So you know that that works for him too. But again, guys, this is going to be. The never-ending debate. I think we could say after this year, though, because this is a highly anticipated one, only because, like you guys said, will it open the floodgates for sure? Um, We'll just have to wait and see. But the names coming after these next couple of ballots are just absolutely dreadful. But this is a never-ending debate when it comes to the Hall of Fame. The voting process in itself, are there too many voters? You know, what are the standards? Obviously, we all have our different opinions on the standards. Um and so Joe, yeah. real quick before we go, right? I, I have feel one like more, have one more comment too, Nick. Before, before you, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm just, I have a proposal to make, and then Rook, you can make your comment. I say we just pick our 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 Hall of Famers right now. Like well, that's what I was gonna, this year's ballot. Why don't okay. we throw on who who would we vote for if we had a vote? So before we get to that, uh, so yeah, we had a, a tweet came in from a friend of ours, Matt Day. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for following us, Matt. Uh, he wrote, how do you feel about submitting the blank ballots, which I think we already covered with Bill and we covered on our own as well. Uh, so if you listen along, we did answer that question for you. And then as Nick was saying, who are we going to vote for? His other question was, if the pencil's in our hand and we're going to vote who we voted in this class, you have 10 votes, you know, wh- where are you going with it? So I guess let's go around the, t- the, the square here. We'll start with Joe and we'll come back around to me at the end. Oh, great. Meanwhile, I'm trying to scramble to get and see uh, certain guys who I would vote for on the ballot. But I, I am looking at um, I am looking at the ballot right here, right now in front of me. And I think, um, like you guys, like you know, I, I already said it, no PED guys are going in for me, so I wouldn't vote for them. But if I had to vote at this current ballot, I think Billy Wagner, believe it or not, would get a vote for me. 422 career saves. I think that's... You know, I think that's an accomplishment in itself. I uh, played 16 years, 2.31 ERA, uh, over a 1, thousand, 1,100 strikeouts, actually close to 1,200 strikeouts. Um, he was an all-star one, two, three, four, five, six times. He finished in the top five in Cy Young Award one time. That was in 99. Um, you know, one of those guys that are just under the radar type of thing. So I think Billy Wagner would get a, a vote for me. I think um, Todd Helton would get a vote for me as well, based off of including what Bill had said earlier. Um, and quite honestly, out, outside of everybody else here, I think those are the only two I would vote for right now because I'm going off of where these guys were in their careers 
I look at, you know, are they worthy to be enshrined in such a prestigious place? Um, at some point, yeah. But like I said, I think probably only two voters, two guys for me, and that would be Helton and Billy Wagner. All right. I mean, I'm I'm on the other side of it. I I think the whole prestige of the you know purity of the game is out the window. I think Bud Selig is to blame. I think the MLB is to blame, and I think at some point you are going to get a steroid user in. Um, it, it, it's going to happen. Not just a steroid. Any any type of PED user, you're going. It, it's going to happen. It's it's going to. So I, I think with that in mind and just going for what the, these players meant to the game, I'm letting Barry Bonds in. I'm letting Roger Clemens in. Um, I'm letting A-Rod in. Maybe, maybe not first ballot because the mockery that was you know caused around him and the stir and, and all the chaos. But I think A-Rod should be there. Um, a- a- after that, yeah, Jeff Kent should be in there. Um, I mean, Todd Helton is definitely up there. And then Scott Rowland, but bar none, I, I, I think the biggest joke is, is the Kurt Schilling because of all the nonsense around his politics. I think Kurt Schilling should be there. I mean, the guy had some heroics in the playoffs in the World Series. Uh, his numbers are there. Catch it, it, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sold the sock. He sold the sock. Listen, him making bad business decisions and losing all his money for a shitty uh, video game aside – um, he should be there. <laughs> is that your is that your ballot? That's it. That's my ballot. Right, done. I, I like Listen, I, I know it's heavy steroid users or PED users, but it's going to happen at some point. And you cannot tell me if you watch baseball in the nineties, you're gonna poo-poo Barry Bonds. You're gonna poo-poo Roger Clemens. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what they meant to the game and the error that they played in. You give them the fucking pass at this point because the MLB did it to themselves. <laughs> All right, Nick, let's go. What's your ballot look like? Um, I'm with TJ on this. Uh, it's simply because I, I, I'm wearing the jersey of a guy who did performance enhancing drugs. All right, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, they took amphetamine and helped them play 162 games. If we wonder why guys don't play 162 anymore, it's because they outlawed the amphetamine. All right, it, it, that's no, a, I got some in the back. You can't do coke, you can't do amphetamine. How the hell are you supposed to get up for 162 games? All right, uh, but I'm voting for Barry Bonds. Uh, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, uh, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, wow, Alex Rodriguez, but maybe not Alex Rodriguez this year because it's his first year, maybe next year. But he's going to get my vote at some point. Scott Rowland, to me, Scott Rowland for our generation is uh, the Brooks Robinson of, of his generation, the, the gold glove third baseman perennially. Like he's – just there, you know, and he was a fine hitter as well. Uh, Kurt Schilling's gonna get a vote for me. Gary Sheffield, how are we just ignoring Gary? All right, Gary Sheffield played an amazing career for multiple teams. Uh, I think, I think he loses some of his luster because he played for a lot of teams. Uh, in baseball, baseball is one of those sports, it's not like football where you can play for 12 teams and they'll be like, Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Baseball is like, No, we have to put a, a, a logo on your hat. Oh, you never played more than three years for any team? Oh, we, then you can't be in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. Um, and you know, having heard Joe say Billy Wagner's stats, I'm going to go with Billy Wagner. I was thinking Sammy Sosa. And then I thought about what Bill said. If he didn't do steroids, would we be talking about him? And Sammy Sosa is one of those guys that without steroids, we don't even know who he is. What about yeah. Clark Bat? 
I mean, oh, on top of doing steroids, he corks his bat on top of it. But uh, I, I again, I'm not I'm not holding it against him as far as him cheating. I just feel like it benefited him more than it benefited somebody like Bonds, somebody like Clemens, and somebody like Ramirez or Rodriguez. You can't sit there and tell me that Barry Bonds wasn't the pinnacle of baseball for about six or seven years. The only I mean, time I ever saw the man look bad was when he got struck out by an 11 year old. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> here are my picks. So I'm definitely, I've obviously, I've been advocating for him all episode long, but Jeff Kent, 100%. Todd Helton, I agree with uh, Bill, came on. I agree with that. I don't agree with the Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins. I know you guys said, you know, Scott Rowland is the, uh, you know, the gold glove, you know, perennial third baseman, but I just don't, I just don't feel like he's, I don't know, maybe eventually, but not 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 for this year. Same with A-Rod and Ortiz. I'm not voting for either of them for the for, on the first year. Maybe eventually. Uh, Bonds and Clemens will get my vote if I'm voting because I just feel like they, you know, well, even with the steroid use, their numbers are still incredible. Um, and they should, you know, they should be in. They should, they're Hall of Famers. I mean, Barry Bonds is an incredible talent, one of the best that we may have ever seen. Um, Wait, you said you're not voting for Ortiz in his first year? No, I would not vote for Ortiz in his first year. You just went from going, let's be consistent across the board, whether it's his first year or not, but he's a steroid He's a, he's a steroid That's guy. That's not my reasoning. My reason, my reason isn't because that he's a steroid uh, user. My issue is the DH thing. I'm not voting him because he's not a steroid user or, or a legend steroid gotcha. user. Same thing for A-Rod. It's just that I think on their, they're, they're not first ballot Hall of Famers, I don't think. Um, but I, I would I eventually – Just to clarify, you put a, a, a higher – you put an exclamation point on somebody who's first ballot. Yes, I do. Yeah. But I think that's anybody. I mean, having that mantra being a first ballot Hall of Famer means something. And the reason why I wouldn't put A-Rod there is I think there is still a little bit that has to be pulled back because of alleged PED use. But I think A-Rod, if that, those, that was never in his name, if PEDs and A-Rod never got brought up, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, yeah, but his, his admission is what keeps me from voting him first year. The, the whole the only problem I have with the entire situation, the only time yeah, the only problem I have with the entire situation as far as first ballot or non-first ballot has to come is if you're sacrificing somebody else on the ballot to put him on. That's fair. Then I'm okay with it. If you're only gonna vote for eight guys, put fucking A-Rod on the goddamn ballot if you think That's he belongs fair. in the Hall of Fame. Like, what and are we then, sitting here doing? Whether you're a first ballot two, or a last ballot, you're in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't say first ballot on your plaque. Exactly, I know. My last two votes probably go Kurt Schill and Andrew Jones. Oh, fuck. Andrew Jones. What, what year is it? That's why I didn't vote for him because I was like, oh, I got next year. Four, no, uh, he's in year five. He's in five, year five. I was like, oh, I got next year. Okay, I'm good. Next Jones. year, he's I getting in. I mean, with, with what's Listen, coming out, he's getting in. 95, 2000, Ken Griffey Jr., Andrew, Andrew Jones. Jones. Right here. Yeah. He's getting right in here. next year. You have nobody else to vote for. He's getting in next year. <laughs> All right, I think, that, I think that bounce wraps things up here. So, uh, Joe, why don't you take us out, Joe? Yeah, well, uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. And like I said, this is a discussion that can absolutely go on and on and on. But we're highly anticipating to know what the results are going to be. I believe January 15th, I believe it's revealed on MLB Network. So we will know who's joining the Baseball Hall of Fame along with the uh, players and people that were uh, selected um, that were selected uh, just a couple of weeks ago through the Veterans Committee and things like that. want to thank our guest, Bill Evans, from New Jersey Advanced Media, one of the first-time voters. 
for the Baseball Writers of America for joining us, giving his take on his ballot. And, of course, thank you for everyone at home for listening to us and watching us here on YouTube, simulcast on MixLR, Sokoa Media Radio. In case you missed these broadcasts, you can be sure to catch them right after we upload them, right? Right after they're archived. But Shout, shout out to our have. guy, Doc. Thank you for commenting. We appreciate it. We love the feedback. Yeah. Thanks yeah, to Matt as well. Yeah. On behalf of the boys from the Scoreboard Addicts podcast, DJ, Nick, Rook, I'm Joe Sokoa. Thanks for what, list, watching, listening to the show. We'll see you guys next time. Stay right. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.